0: One of my favorite movies is the movie Family Man with Nicolas Cage. Are you familiar with that movie? Yeah, I believe I've got a picture of Nick Cage. In the movie, Nicolas Cage plays Jack Campbell, who is single and he's a Wall Street executive living in New York City. And he's in the midst of putting together a multi-billion dollar merger and has ordered an emergency meeting on Christmas Day. Yeah, he's called everyone in to work on Christmas because he doesn't care about all that stuff. He cares about the billion-dollar deal that needs to be put through. In his office on Christmas Eve, he hears that his former girlfriend, Kate, called him after many years, which he just kind of casts aside, doesn't even seem interested in the fact that she called. On the way home, he walks into a convenience store where a lottery contestant, a man named Cash, who's played by Don Cheadle. I think I've got a picture of this encounter. And so you've got Cash played by Don Cheadle, and he has a winning lottery ticket worth $238. Well, at least he thinks it's a winning ticket. The store clerk does not believe that it's a winning ticket, and so Cash pulls out a gun to threaten him. And then Jack Campbell steps in, to buy the ticket to prevent any violence, anything from going down. And Jack offers to help Cash. In return, Cash questions Jack, asking him if he's missing anything in his life. Jack says in reply, I have everything I need. Cash tells Jack that the actions, that actions have consequences and that Jack has brought whatever is coming upon himself. A puzzled Jack returns to his penthouse and sleeps the night. On Christmas Day, Jack Campbell wakes up in a suburban New Jersey bedroom with Kate and two children <laughs> and a dog. Doesn't know what's happening, so he gets into a vehicle. He hurries back to New York City to his office and condo, and to his amazement, no one knows who he is. Jack runs out into the street, and there is Cash who is driving Jack's Ferrari. (laughs) And Cash is revealed to be a guardian angel. Cash explains that Jack is experiencing a glimpse of an alternate universe in order to learn a lesson. He advises Jack to take the time to learn whatever it is that he needs to learn. The question for Jack was this. Are you sure you have everything you need? Are you sure you have everything you need? Now, don't rush to the answer. Don't rush to the answer. And the same question goes to us tonight. Do you have everything you need? What is it that you truly need? What is it that your soul truly longs for? You might be here tonight and echo the declaration of Jack Campbell. I have everything I need. I have everything I need. And I'm going to ask you tonight to suspend that answer and truly ask yourself do you have everything that you need? I believe that there are some things that we need that every single person that's living and breathing on planet Earth needs. And we're going to look at that tonight in our chapter in Genesis 47. We need the grace of God, we need Him in our lives. Whether you realize it or not, you need the Lord in your life, and you need his goodness. In our study tonight, we will see how Joseph, who is now the governor over all of Egypt, how he gave grace to his brothers. Remember, these were the ones, these brothers sold him into slavery and thought he was just really left for dead at that point. But God used the whole situation and elevated Joseph to the second in command of all of Egypt. And when he was reunited with his brothers and when his identity was revealed to them, he told them, God, you meant this for harm, but God intended it for good in order that you might be saved upon the earth. And so we've got to look to see what it is that Joseph did for his brothers. He gave them grace. He established his government over the people of Israel, and goodness was delivered to his family. And so these are basically, when you look at what Joseph provides for his brothers and his family, these are the things that we need in our lives from Jesus. Amen? So we're going to take a look at this tonight. And the first point, what do you need? The first point tonight, if you're taking notes, is this. Jesus' grace. You need Jesus' grace. Let's pick it up in chapter 47 of Genesis, beginning at verse 1. It says this Then Joseph went and told Pharaoh, and said, My father and my brothers, their flocks and their herds, and all that they possess, have come from the land of Canaan, and indeed they are in the land of Goshen. And he took five men from among his brothers and presented them to Pharaoh. And then Pharaoh said to his brothers, What is your occupation? And they said to Pharaoh, your servants are shepherds, both we and also our fathers. And they said to Pharaoh, we have come to dwell in the land because your servants have no pasture for their flocks, for the famine is severe in the land of Canaan. Now, therefore, please let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. Then Pharaoh spoke to Joseph, saying, your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Have your father and brothers dwell in the best of the land, let them dwell in the land of Goshen, and if you know any competent men among them, then make them chief herdsmen over my livestock. Then Joseph brought in his father, Jacob, and set him before Pharaoh and Jacob blessed Pharaoh, and Pharaoh said to Jacob, "How old are you?" And Jacob said to Pharaoh, "The days of the years of my pilgrimage are one hundred and thirty years, and evil uh, few in evil have Been the days of the years of my life, and they have not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers, in their days of their pilgrimage. So Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out before Pharaoh, and Joseph situated his father and his brothers, and he gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramses, of Pharaoh, as Pharaoh had commanded. And then Joseph provided his father, his brothers, and all his father's household with bread. According to the number of their families. The, the biggest need, perhaps the biggest need that every single person needs, is this we need the grace of God. We need the grace of God, and specifically, we need the grace that is delivered by Jesus Christ. And it is uh, this grace that is able to be given to us by virtue of what Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary. Amen? The grace of God is the biggest need that mankind has. Now, tonight, if I were to ask you and to say, well, what's your biggest need? The grace of God may have not even made the list. You may have had a whole list of a whole host of other things. Well, I need this, and I need this, and I need this. And I'm here to tell you those are great things, and we all have those things. We all have those needs. My list probably is not too different than your list tonight. But at the top of my list, because I've come to understand the Word of God, that the grace of God, the grace of Jesus is the most important need. Without the grace of God, we're lost to our own demise. We're lost to our own selves. And it's the grace of God um, that we need so that we can stand, so that we can be saved in that sense. Joseph goes and tells Pharaoh that his family has come to Egypt with all their possessions and that they are in the land of Goshen. And uh, Remember, Joseph had told his brothers and his father, he said, you know, when, when you come down here and, and Pharaoh asks you what you do, what your occupation is, tell them that you're shepherds because they'll put you on way out on the outskirts of town because they don't want to have anything to do with shepherds because shepherds were an abomination in the land of Egypt. And Joseph's goal was that they would be given the land of Goshen, this Uh, prime land, really. It turns out, as the text told us tonight, that it was this pristine land, the best of the land, the land of Ramses. And so uh, this was the plan. And Joseph goes and tells Pharaoh that his family has arrived uh, in town, and, and, and they're here in Egypt with all their possessions, and they're in the land of Goshen. And then Joseph takes up five of his brothers, and he presents them before Pharaoh. Um, Can you imagine this? I mean, here, here was the brothers, five of them. I don't know which ones. It doesn't tell us which ones, but five of these guys, five of his brothers that sold him into slavery. Now he's the governor of all of Egypt, and now he's bringing the five in to present them before Pharaoh. Wow, wow. And they thought they were lost. They were, you know, the famine is severe in Egypt and Canaan and all the surrounding areas. And you know, you kind of have a picture here. Remember, we talked about Joseph in the text of Genesis. We talked about the typology. A type is kind of a, an early picture of, some, of someone else or an event that is to come. And so Joseph, in the text of, of Genesis, although his life is a real historical life, it is, a, it is really a great one of the great typologies of the life uh, and, and the ministry of Jesus. And so you, you can see, in other words, you can see Jesus in the life of Joseph. And here we have Joseph presenting his brothers to the king. And, and in that time, probably, you know, the, the, the king of Egypt, the pharaoh of Egypt, was considered, in that sense, kind of king of the world. I mean, at, at least one among, you know, the tops in all the world. And so, because you had, you know, Egypt was, was that great kingdom. So you have Joseph presenting his brothers to the king, to the Pharaoh. And just like Joseph presented his brothers to Pharaoh, Jesus is going to make a presentation to a king. Amen. He's going to present you and I to the father. He's going to bring us into the very throne room, and we're going to uh, just be presented to the Father. In fact, this is found in what is known as the doxology of Jude, one of the shortest uh, books of the Bible, of all 66 books. There's one that's real short. It's like 25 verses. And it's a, it's a power-packed 25 verses. And I, I, there was a time, you think we're going th- slow through Genesis, you know, 66 sermons? I did a series in Jude a few years ago, and it was 16 weeks in Jude in 25 verses. So maybe we'll try that one coming up. No, 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 no. Okay. Um, so, but it's a power-packed book. Amen. And here's the, here's the doxology of Jude beginning at verse verse 24. There's only one chapter. It says this, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forevermore. Amen. What is this saying? It's saying that Jesus is able to keep you He's able to give you the grace you need. He's able to keep you through your life. And he's going to, at the end of it, he's going to present you faultless before the majesty on high. Amen. You're going to be there in that place. And, and, and I don't want to miss it. And, I want, and that's why I want to give my life to Jesus. Because he's in the process of, of doing something incredible in my life. And he's doing that thing in your life. And at the end of it, he's going to present us. He's going to present us before the glorious majesty of the Father. Amen? Amen. Now, what did Pharaoh do? Pharaoh, he, uh, well, the guys said, what, they, they were asked, what do you do? Well, we're shepherds. We're shepherds. We've been shepherds for a long time. Our fathers, our forefathers, we, that's all we know is just shepherding. Okay, great. We'll give you the, <laughs> we'll give you the land of Goshen. And so the, the plan comes together, and Pharaoh gives them the best of the land. And it's just like the grace of Jesus and the grace of the Father, amen? He gives us the best. He's not holding out, and he's gonna give you the best. He wants the best for your life. Now, you have to realize that and understand that. Some people don't realize that God has the best in store for their life. They think, they have reasoned in their minds, in their hearts, to think that if I give my life to the Lord, if I give my life to Jesus, then somehow I'm going to be short-changed. Somehow I'm not going to have the best that this life has to offer. And I'm here to tell you tonight that nothing can be further from the truth. In fact, it's the opposite that is true. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full, have it more abundantly. You're going to, number one, let's, wait, wait, time out. You're going to have life to begin with. Like, if you don't have Jesus, the Bible, here's how the Bible describes you. Paul put it this way in the second chapter of Ephesians. He said, but you were dead in your trespasses and sins. But God, who's rich in in love and grace, made you alive in Christ Jesus. Amen? And so that's the first thing that happens. You go from death to life. So people are, oh, I don't want to give my life to Jesus because I won't have a life. No, you don't have a life now. Amen. Amen. you don't have a life now you're going to be given a life and you're going to be given an overflowing full life to abundant overflowing, filling up spilling out Amen. you just need to catch a vision of it you need to catch a vision of it wow, God's got the best for you, not the worst not the least Pharaoh gave them the best of the land Jacob then Joseph's father is presented before Pharaoh. Jacob comes before Pharaoh, and Jacob blesses Pharaoh. And um, this was kind of an amazing event here because, again, and we talked about this in one of the previous studies, the the Pharaoh of Egypt was considered a god in that sense. He was considered uh, a, a, a deity in that sense. And for Pharaoh to to allow Jacob, Joseph's uh, father, to come in and bring a blessing to him, that was a significant thing that was happening there in the land of Egypt. But it's interesting because Jacob comes in to bless uh, Pharaoh. And I think uh, one of the things that we need to see here is that we need to be people that bring a blessing. We need to be people that bring a blessing. Now, you could say, now, Jacob needed a blessing. Jacob has traveled all these uh, miles from Canaan to come down to Egypt. The the famine is severe. He's been all these years thinking his son Joseph was killed, and now just in recent days, it's been brought to his attention and, and been reunited with his son Joseph. You could say that Jacob needed a blessing. But I think he models something great for us, Christian, here. He brings a blessing to Pharaoh. And we need to be people who bring a blessing. When we walk into the room, are we people who are bringing a blessing? Are we, are we bringing a negativity? Are we bringing a cursing? Now, you might not... You, 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 you might, we all have a blind spot, right? People talk about having blind spots. And, and you might not even realize... But if you become a person of blessing, if you become a person that brings blessing to other people, it's an amazing thing. And I think it's a good admonition for us. So Jacob gave a blessing to Pharaoh and Pharaoh received it. So Joseph gave his, his family a possession in the land of Egypt and he gave them bread according to the number of, in their families. And just like Joseph did this for his family, Jesus does the same for you. Whatever it is that you have need of, according to the need. Joseph gave bread to his family, to his brothers and their families and their wives and their children, according to the need that they had in the the individual families. And and Jesus is just like that. He has exactly what you need for you, for your family, for for your extended family, for for the whole. He's got you covered. He's got you covered. He's got exactly what you need. And he is going to be there to make sure that you have exactly what you need. Amen. Jesus gives us his grace. He gives us an inheritance. Uh, Joseph had, had given them a, a portion of land with, within, within Egypt. And, you know, Jesus does the same. We have an inheritance in the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Yes. And... uh And he provided for for their daily needs. He provides for our daily needs. Amen? I mean, I'm amazed. I'm amazed at how Jesus knows exactly what we need and exactly what he wants to orchestrate in our lives. And as he's orchestrating that in our lives, he's bringing about the things that are going to also be in your life to bring the provision so that you can do exactly what God has ordained for you to be able to do. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's it's incredible what the Lord does. So what do you need? What do you need? Well, you you need Jesus' grace in your life. Amen? Secondly, if you're taking notes, we need Jesus' government in our lives. Let's pick it back up in chapter 47, verse 13. Now there was no bread in the land. For the famine was very severe, so that the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan languished because of the famine. And Joseph gathered up all the money that was, that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan for the, for the grain which they bought, and Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. So when the money failed in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, give us bread. For why should we die in your presence? For the money has failed. Then Joseph said, give your livestock and I will give you bread for your livestock if the money is gone. So they brought their livestock to Joseph and Joseph gave them bread in exchange for their horses, the flocks, the cattle of the herds and for the donkeys. Thus he fed them with bread in exchange for all their livestock that year. And when that year had ended, they came to him the next year and said said to him, We will not hide from my Lord that our money is gone, and my Lord also has our herds of livestock, and there is nothing left in the sight of my Lord but our bodies and our lands. Why should we die before your eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land for bread." And we and our land will be servants of Pharaoh. Give us seed that we may live and not die, that the land may not be desolate. And then Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. For every man of the Egyptians sold his field because the famine was severe upon them. So the land became Pharaoh's. And as for the people, he moved them into the cities from one end of the borders of Egypt to the other end. Only the land of the priests he did not buy, for the priests had rations allotted to them by Pharaoh. And they ate their rations, which Pharaoh gave them. Therefore, they did not sell their lands. Let's keep reading. Then Joseph said to the people, Indeed, I have bought you and your land this day for Pharaoh. Look here, here is your seed for you, and you shall sow the land. And it shall come to pass in the harvest that you shall give one-fifth to Pharaoh, Four fifths shall be your own, as, as seed for the field and for your food, for those of your household, and as, your food for, as food for your little ones. So they said, you have saved our lives. Let us find favor in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. And Joseph made a law over the land of Egypt to this day, that Pharaoh should have one-fifth except up for the land of the priests only, which did not become Pharaoh's. You need Jesus' grace in your life, whether you realize it or not. I'm going to throw something else on you tonight that you need Jesus' government. <laughs> you need Jesus' rule in your life. Now, a lot of people reject God. Here's, a, here's, a, here's one of the reasons why a lot of people reject God and they reject the Lord. They reject the gospel because they don't want the rule of God in their life. They don't want the rule in their life and so they reject The Lord, they reject God. Paul put it this way, they they reject him in unrighteousness. They reject him in unrighteousness. The famine was very severe, so severe by this point in this famine that there was no bread in all the land. It was a desperate situation. In this section of scripture that we just read, the, the rule of Joseph, the government of Joseph, saves the people people brought their money into joseph to buy bread but soon their money ran out their money failed so they came in the next year and they said the money has failed the money has failed now we can stop right there and say you know yeah if you take out your dollar bill it says in god we trust but how many people were trusting in the money <laughs> now I don't want to get into this tonight, but you can actually that, that actually that dollar bill that you have is actually not it's it's a promissory note. It's a Federal Reserve note. It's actually you can't even change that in for silver. We used to be on a gold standard, but somebody down the road I, I forget who it was Nixon or one of those guys <laughs> took us off the gold standard. And what you have in your uh, pockets are basically a bunch of IOUs from the Federal Reserve Bank, okay? And so uh, I'm not saying, I'm not predicting, I'm not prophesying tonight that the money's going to fail, but it happened in Egypt, and it's happened. It's happening. Look at Venezuela. Oh, my goodness. Can you believe? What's the percentage of the inflation that's down there? They're lopping zeros. I think they lopped, I think that I just read the article last week. They lopped five zeros. Okay, so let's say you had a million, whatever the the currency is. They just lopped five zeros off the currency. Okay, here you go. And this is what's happening. So this is not some unrealistic thing that's never happened on the face of the earth. People are facing this even now. You can go down through the history books and look at the Weimar Republic of Germany and 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 what happened in Zimbabwe a few years ago. This is something that happens. The money fails. What are you going to do? What are you going to do when the money fails? Do you have something else to hold on to in your life? Do you have something else? You need the government of Jesus in your life because he's going to be there no matter what is happening in this world or in your world. Next, they brought in their livestock in exchange for bread. But soon their livestock ran out. And so their possessions failed them. So one year, the money failed. The next year, their possessions failed. The next year, they came back and said, look, we've got nothing. The money's failed. We don't have any livestock. All we have, this is what they said to him, all we have is our bodies and our land. Don't let us die. Don't let us die. And so Joseph comes up with a plan to, to, set, to salvage, to save the situation. And he, he creates a system where they, the, the government of Egypt bought the land and gave the seed to the people so that they could sow in the land. And he created a system where they gave uh, one-fifth back to Pharaoh uh, and, and they kept four-fifths, and so this was the system, and if you look at the text, this is what the text um, says. I'll pick it up, verse 24, and it shall come to pass in the harvest that you shall give one-fifth to Pharaoh. Four-fifths shall be your own as seed for the field and for food for those of your households and as for food for your little ones. Verse 25, so they said, you have saved our lives, let us find favor in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. You have saved our lives. Now, this is what happened in Egypt during this time. Joseph's system saved the people and saved the the, the situation. And this is what Jesus does in our lives. He has saved us and he's going to see us through whatever situation. Now, hopefully we don't go through a situation where the money fails. I don't, I don't want to see this. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there and all that kind of stuff. But there's some real stuff going down. Okay, just pick up the newspaper and look at what's going down around the world. And you can see some stuff is happening in other nations. And look, I hope we don't go through anything like that. I hope it never happens here, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do if the money fails? What are you going to do if your possessions fail? What are you going to do if you come down to the end of it and what you have is your body? That's it. Here's what I want to tell you. You need the government of Jesus in your life because even if it came down to that, God is going to perfectly rule and reign in your life so that you're going to be taken care of. And if indeed when you pass away from this life, you're going to be taken into the very presence, the very throne room of heaven, you're going to be taken care of. And I don't, you, you know, what 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 are you going to do when it all runs out? When it all runs out. Where are you going to run? Where are you going to run? There won't be anywhere else to go. There won't be anywhere else, anybody else. to. You need the Lord. You need Jesus. You need his government in your life. And it's, you know, here's the thing I want to say about the government of the Lord. People reject the Lord because they don't want the government of God in their life. They don't want Jesus to rule and reign in their life. And let me tell you, he's an awesome governor. (laughs) He's an awesome president. In fact, you know, there was a time when they wanted to make Jesus king when he gave everybody a free lunch. You remember that? In John chapter 6, he took a, a lunch from a boy, uh, five loaves of, of bread and two fish, and he turned it into you know an amazing lunch. And there were 12 baskets full left over, one for each disciple. They got to take home a whole basket full for, them, for their families. Right. Amen? That's how the Lord takes care. Yes. Amen? Yes. In the service of the Lord, you'll never, be take, you'll never go hungry. The disciples took home a basket full for their families. Okay? You read it in John chapter 6. Amen? Yeah, you read it. It's a good long chapter. Okay? What did the people do the next day? They said, where's Jesus? We're going to make him king. <laughs> Why? Because he can, he can make food. You know, he can make lunch. I mean, free lunch. I mean, anybody who could make, you know, a free lunch every day for you, Yeah, he'd be on the ballot. Amen? He'd definitely be on the ballot. But you know what Jesus said to him? I know why you've come. You've come because I gave you a free meal yesterday, but listen to this. I want you to hunger after that which you really have need of in your life. I want you to hunger after having a relationship with God. And that's when he said, and he gave a very hard saying. he said to the people, unless you eat my flesh, and drink my blood. You have no part from me. You want to make me president. You want to make me king. I'm telling you, unless you partake of me in your life, unless you receive what I did for you on the cross, and that is appropriated to your life, you have no part from me. Mm-hmm. Jesus has a wonderful plan for your life. And he wants to rule and reign in your life. And if you'll let him, he is an awesome. And here's the thing about his, 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 his government, Right? Isaiah prophesied about the government of God, the the government of the Christ. And of his kingdom, there shall be no end. Amen? He's not on term limits. Amen? (laughs) He is going to keep ruling and reigning forever and ever. And we're going to rule and reign with him, folks. Amen? So, man, you got to wrap your mind around what the Lord Jesus wants to do in your life. And the people cried out to Joseph, you've saved us, you've saved us. Now, there's a little bit more I could say there about being a steward of, of that which God has given us and they were stewards over that which Pharaoh had given them and gave back a portion to Pharaoh and, and, and we need to do, do that too and, and we need to realize that God has given us so much and that, that's where we live our lives for the Lord, amen? You live your life for the Lord. You give of your time, you give of your treasure, you give of your talents to serve him with everything that you've got. And you'll never regret what you've done for the Lord. You'll never regret it if you've truly done it for the right reasons and done it for the Lord. Because you've done it unto, as unto the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and he's reigning and ruling perfectly in your life when you truly surrender your life to him, amen? Let's move on to our last point. I understand that that's six or seven minutes slow, And so I've been warned about not going by that clock tonight. Amen? The last thing that you need is Jesus' goodness. You need Jesus' grace, you need Jesus' government, and you need Jesus' goodness. Let's pick it up at the end of that section in chapter 47, verse 27. It says this, so Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt in the country of Goshen, and they had possessions there and grew and multiplied exceedingly. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years, so the length of of Jacob's life was 147 years. And when the time drew near that Israel must die, he called his son Joseph and said to him, now if I have found favor in your sight, please put your hand under my thigh and deal kindly and truly with me. Please do not bury me in Egypt, but let me lie with my fathers, and you shall carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burial place. And he said, I will do as you have said. And then he said, Swear to me. And he swore to him. So Israel bowed himself on the head of the bed. We need Jesus' grace. We need Jesus' government. We need Jesus' goodness in our lives. We sing it. He's a good, good God, he's a good, good father. Jesus is good. And we need his goodness in our our lives. Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt and and he had possessions and increased in the land. The famine eventually came to an end, amen? The tough time doesn't last forever, praise God. You may be in a tough time right now and you say, well, that's kind of why I'm holding out on God. Because it's a tough time right now, and I'm kind of waiting to see if it's going to get any better. Well, I want to submit to you, give your life to Jesus now in the tough time, because he's going to pull you through, and you're going to come out into the goodness of God. You're going to have the goodness through the trial, through the storm. You're going to come out into more goodness. And if you happen to have to go back through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil, for he is going to be with you. Amen? No matter what happens in this life, on this side of eternity. So I wanna challenge you. They flourished in the land, and God, when you give your life to Jesus, your life will flourish, your life will flourish, if you truly give him your life. Now I suspect, and I don't know, and I don't have scientific information on this, but I would bet, because of what I know that the Lord teaches in his word, That if someone says, well, I tried Jesus and I didn't flourish, (laughs) right? I'm going to make a bet, a little side bet under the table over here, that you didn't really fully surrender to Jesus. You didn't really fully give him your life. You kind of held out and said, well, I'm living for Jesus over here, but I'm living over here too. Give your life, surrender fully to the Lord. Give your life fully unto Christ. And I'm going to tell you right now that you're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed. Read the, read the Sermon on the Mount. It starts with the, 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 the declaration of that the kingdom citizens, people who come into the kingdom of God, are blessed people. They're happy. They're blessed. They're, they're under the rule and the kingship of the Lord Jesus That's Christ. Right. Right. And so I want to challenge you. You're going to flourish if you give your life to the Lord through the famine, through the storm, and on into the times of blessing. Israel made Joseph promise to him that he would not be buried in Egypt. He wanted to be buried with his fathers in the land of Canaan. And this tells us an important thing about what Jacob, what Israel held in his heart, what he knew in his mind and his spirit. That even though that he had come down here and his son had been elevated by the hand of God to, to second in all command of all of Egypt... And that God did that in a providential way so as to save the family of God, the the people of God, the the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, so that that promise that God spoke to Abraham and repeated to Isaac and repeated to Jacob, that promise, the promise of the covenant that all the families of the earth would be blessed through what God was going to do through this family, he preserved that family in the face of the earth through what he did in elevating Joseph to that second-in-command of all of Egypt. But Jacob knew that he wasn't of Egypt. Amen? Jacob knew ultimately that he wasn't of Egypt, that his inheritance was in the land of promise. And he made his son promise. I know, son, you're the king. You're second-in-command of all of Egypt. Pharaoh has given you his ring. You can just ride around in all kinds of fancy Egyptian carts. Okay, and chariots. You know, you got a a garage full of the best chariots. Amen? You got all kinds of horsepower in your garage. But I'm here to tell you as your son, when I die, I want you to promise to me that you're taking me back to the land of Canaan. And I want to be buried with my father and his wife. And I want to be buried with my grandfather and his wife. In the cave that Abraham bought in Hebron. Amen. The cave of Machpelah. That cave, that portion of the land that was purchased in the land of Canaan, it was a down payment on the land of promise. And Jacob wanted to be taken back to that place. And they go through this thing about, you know, sticking your hand under your thigh. Hey, thank God we don't have to make agreements like this anymore, right? Come here, son, put your hand under my thigh. What's this? I just want you to promise me something, you know? <laughs> pinky promise? I don't know. That's, I think that's at the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> you got pinky promise and hand under the thigh. Something in the middle. But anyways, Jesus is good. And you, so we, we just bring it to the end. Amen? How'd I do? You finished up? Let me just tell you. Let's just bring it right back to the beginning. Let's bring it back to Jack Campbell. He told Cash, "I got everything I need." I think he said it just like that. I do. I do. I do impressions up here sometimes. (laughs) Remember early on in the series, in the Genesis series, when I did my best Liam Neeson impression? Yes. Yes. Yeah. When I did the Taken. Yeah, when, when Lot was taken and I, 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 I titled the Bible study Taken, okay, I will find you. And I will, no, 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 okay. <laughs> You'll have to, you look it up. You look it up on the, on the app, okay? I'm not gonna do that. Here's how Nicolas Cage said it. I have everything I need. I've got everything I need. I wanna ask you tonight, do you know deep down in your heart of hearts, deep down in your heart, that you've got everything that you need. Because tonight we talked about three things that you truly need and that you can have. And all you have to do, all you have to do is reach out to the Lord and give him your life tonight and serve him in your life.